0: Hello there, this is the Wire to Love podcast.
1: We are discussing Father Martin Connor's book, Reclaiming Love, Connecting the Head and the Heart. Join the conversation about love, healing, and relationships.
2: All human beings have the desire to love and to be loved. It is written into our very being. Yet, human loves seek satisfaction. This desire is not satisfied with mere physical connection, as our culture so often seems to tell us. Deep down, all of me wants to love and be loved. Genuine human love demands human connection. And this human connection leads ultimately to divine connection.
1: Wired to Love is a rally call to challenge today's distorted view of love by letting human experience speak for itself.
0: In episode 7 of Wired to Love, we'll be speaking about chastity and celibacy. Here's our question for today. What is the difference between chastity and celibacy? This is Father Martin Connor, a priest with the Community of the Legionaries of Christ. And I'm speaking with our regular contributors Joe Zuniga, recently married, Sarah Rocco, a single young professional woman, and Lauren Hawksworth, a consecrated woman with the ecclesial movement at Regnum Christi. Hello there, Father Martin Conner here, and welcome to Wired to Love. I have Joe Zuniga and Sarah Rocco with me. Welcome. Hey, Father. Good, Hi, Father. good to have you. Hey, everybody. <laughs> we are talking uh, in this session regarding chastity and celibacy and the differences, and it's going to be a great conversation. But before we dive right in, let's say a little prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Heavenly Father, we just call out to you, our good and gracious Father, who showers with, us with so many blessings. So thank you for the gift of our faith and the gift of this time that we can just be together and talk about such really important themes uh, amidst um, the climate that is so often against such blessings in our life. Uh, so we just are grateful for these opportunities, and hopefully we'll. We'll learn from each other and grow a little bit wiser in life uh, from this discussion. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Holy Amen. So, we have the very interesting topic of the differences between celibacy and chastity. So I thought I would uh, tell a little story. Let's kick it off with a little story. I already shared this with... Uh, Sarah and Joe and it was when I was in seminary I was teaching locally at one of these parishes to a group of middle schoolers and I had this uh, young man come up to me one of the eighth graders and uh, he was one of the cool dudes of the group and I remember him kind of swaggering up to me Mm -hmm. Uh, this is well into the year uh, and just saying hey brother I was a I was a seminarian at the time not a priest and hey brother Martin yeah Michael what's up it's like, yeah. Well, tell me, tell me how you do that chastity thing. And I respond to him, "Hey, how do I do that chastity thing? How how do you do it?" And he was like, "What are you talking about? You're the you're the one in seminary. You're the one who was thinking about being a priest." And so I went on to tell him that that in fact, all followers of Christ, all um, baptized Christians, are called to live a pure life like Jesus did—a life that. That is modeled on his chaste behavior, and yes, some are called in a particular way to a state, a vowed state, an exclusive state to 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 follow him like a like a priest or a, a consecrated brother. Um, so he was shocked by all that, uh, but I think it really shows it shows kind of a little bit of an ignorance out there, and no doubt a, a misunderstanding for sure. Um, In regards to the Christian vocation, so I thought that that could be a little bit of a platform for us to jump off of, Um, and so maybe I don't. Let's just ask this question: Have any of you seen that misunderstanding in your own experiences, like from people that you've talked to or people that don't, you know, have questions about the priesthood? And I mean, has that been echoed in any way in your own experiences? Joe, you want to jump in there?
2: Um, I don't know if anyone mistakes one for the other in just the course of life I don't really hear that but I I think generally speaking um there's a a conception of chastity as being repressive Mm. and as being the 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 hard the difficult virtue that um limits your freedom Mm -hmm. and um is can be frustrating and difficult um when in, in reality it's a virtue like all the others a virtue that is beautiful and lives to a more enriching life and it leads to actual deeper happiness Mm. and joy Mm -hmm. Um, so i'd say there's less in my experience maybe less confusion about celibacy but as that question that that kid asked you there's a much more confusion um as to regard uh what chastity really is
0: yeah makes sense what about you sarah what do you think
1: yeah so for me i would say yeah kind of similar to what joe said i think A lot of people understand that, yeah, the priesthood or religious life or consecrated life necessarily implies a life of celibacy, but I think just in general, um, our culture doesn't maybe even really know what the word chastity means or what it means to be chaste or that there's a difference between chastity and celibacy. I think they just know that there's celibacy, at least from kind of what I've gathered. Um, I think there's just so much like a culture of, you know, sexuality and, and pornography and all of this that I think like the word chastity is kind of not even really known much today. It's interesting you say that because that's
0: exactly, um, so chastity is almost identified as celibacy. Yeah. In other words, one big fat no, right? Rather than kind of what you're saying, Joe, uh, as Yes to life, a yes to fuller love, a, a, yes, a yes to a more complete gift of self to this other person, right? A yes rather than a no. Uh, I, I've had actually heard people describe, married people describe their state as celibate state <laughs> And no, no, it's not quite celibacy. <laughs> sorry, sorry, you know, you are married, and you're you're meant to engage in in physical intimacy. It's all above water. It's all good, right? But they have described it, so it kind of shows you the ignorance along the terms celibacy and chastity that you're you're, you're talking about. And I totally, totally agree. I think one of the things also that I'll just add regarding celibacy is there's definitely today in uh, kind of a sense that. Um, You cannot be happy Mm -hmm. if you are here or you're doing that, Mm -hmm. right? So interesting, because I'm in vocation work right now, and they say one of the prominent responses to any young man applying to seminary is a joy-filled priest. Mm -hmm. That this priest was joyful, and I was so attracted to that. So it's actually the direct opposite um, of what people were saying. In other words, you're repressed and you're depressed and you're suppressed and all the presses you can imagine. (laughs) You cannot be happy. And that's why I I think when when you see a happy priest or even a priest talking about the joys of the priesthood, it's kind of radical. You don't see it enough, probably. And so this is a calling to me just talking about it to tell people how happy I am. So thank you for that. Okay. I thought I would read a little bit from um, Reclaiming Love, the book that we're unpacking uh, on, uh, on the podcast, just a little bit on this theme of chastity, maybe talk a little bit about it because I think it, it does speak to emotional chastity, which is the central theme of the book, and this is um, how I define it in the book, the right ordering of sexuality, body and spirit, which makes authentic, self-giving love possible, the right ordering of sexuality, body and spirit, which makes authentic, self-giving love possible. This virtue is to be practiced by all Christians, whatever their state in life. For the unmarried, chastity entails abstinence from sex. For the married, chastity means that all sexual desire and behaviors are are a sincere expression of the marriage covenant. Interesting. Mm-hmm. My first take on this, if, if you don't mind just a throw this out, is I think in order to understand and have an appreciation for chastity, there has to be a certain um, level of personal honesty with yourself. Why? Because um, if you know your weaknesses or your inclinations to selfishness, then you, you should, if you want to improve yourself, if you want to be a better person, if you want to strive for, for excellence in life, you, you want to do something about that. You want to kind of put boundaries on yourself because you know, I like to eat too much or I like to drink too much or I like to do these things too much. Well, I got to be careful, right? When, when there is that natural um, kind of self-checking going on in your life, then chastity can, not always, it can take a place in that area of self-growth because you, you can also see extreme um, expressions of selfishness f- with physical intimacy. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. That you need to have a good dosage of self-honesty, then to to believe in the place of of chastity in relationships and in your in your own person, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did, I, I, let's talk about that. I think that's that's kind of maybe where we need to take it because uh, there's a lot of we're living in a culture where we've talked about that recently and very distracted. Mm-hmm. And if you're distracted, most likely you're not. There's not a lot of an interior reflection going on. Generally, it doesn't mean always. Um, which means that self knowledge may be weak as well, right? Mm-hmm. So the kind of the two play off of each other, which then leads to a, a misunderstanding of self control and other things as well. You know, so I don't know if let's maybe we'll talk about that honesty and understanding honesty and how it plays into you know your behavior as a single woman, Sarah, or a married man, Joe, wh- whatever. Wh- what comes to your mind when you when you hear me speaking like this?
2: Um. Yeah, it it brings a lot of things to mind. I think that it, that honesty is, you could also say just, um, self-knowledge or self, um, like sincerity with self and knowing what, which of your desires you are acting on purely in your own self-interest and not in in the interest of another. And I think chastity is a, a really cool virtue because it's always tied to the love of another person outside of yourself. It's an anecdote for selfishness, and so when whether you're um, single or dating or married, you're going to have sexual inclinations of some mm, kind, right? And you have to be really honest with yourself, and think, is this is this about me, or is this about my for me my spouse, mm-hmm. and, and is this coming from a place of love, or is it coming from a place of self love?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and it's really important to to know the difference because um it's it's kind of it can be kind of sly those your 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 natural um inclinations to to desire sex can sneak up on you and you can you may not recognize what is being what is a a selfish moment for you Mm. you might realize afterwards um and that's why it's really important to to reflect on your on your on your day and examine your conscience and get a real understanding of have i been living myself in these moments or am i really just looking to to fulfill my own desires
0: right and in the marriage context how important is to communicate well Mm -hmm. and the other ones in other words i to call the other out when the other is failing in their love and to be able to do it honestly and openly and lovingly right because you're all striving for the same ideal so that kind of healthy communication is often rare in marriage Right? so you yeah, gotta start well in relationships with that. I'm sure you've probably seen that in your own in your own uh marriage being a newly newly married man so
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely i mean i don't luckily we haven't i don't think got to a, a place where we need to necessarily call each other out right exactly um but but that starts with a place of complete openness from the from the get go and when that's in place then um then there's a a lot of respect for one another and for each other's um, needs and for each other's emotions and and bodies and and everything like that nice
0: Sarah, what about you? What are your thoughts on
1: Yeah, well, I really like what you read about and kind of what Joe mentioned too that um chastity is meant for all of us, like in every state of life, um whether we 're single married, you know a priest, consecrated um we're all called to this you know this virtue that has our sexuality rightly ordered, you know, for the good of another, like Joe said. And I think it also does just respect ourselves too. You know, like we we live in a culture that very much allows us to, or encourages us, I guess is a better word, to just go and live out our passions, you know, like right. to indulge in like our sexual desires and whether that be like with someone else, in pornography or, or whatever it is. But personally, as a single woman, I've just seen. I know there have been times where I I have been unchaste, and I felt just this, almost like this, like dishonesty with myself. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. just like I just felt so dark. Like I just felt like it wasn't true living in true freedom. Right, right. I could definitely identify. Yeah, those moments where I yeah, was not living up to the chastity, the level of chastity that I knew I could and that God was calling me to. Um, and conversely, when I've lived chastity, ch- chastity well, I do have this sense of freedom and that I can pour into my relationships with others um, more fully and, yeah, just live less in shame, I guess, is is ultimately, yeah, where I feel like I am when
0: when I'm living chastity, well, right, yeah, exactly. I think one of the things, if I may turn it to celibacy for a bit, since I'm the only celibate in this in this group, <laughs> is um, why would kind of the question why would someone choose this state that seems to deny right something natural and good in the human person? So I think it's very important, first and foremost, to validate for all our listeners and affirm that our sexuality is a gift, Mm -hmm. and a very beautiful gift that God has given us. Uh, So it's not a rejection of that at all. I think it's really important to to say that clearly and confidently, because there is so much misinformation out there about it. Um, But at the same time, know that, so why would God God call someone to this particular state in life? Well, I think first and foremost, that um, God uh, has a plan for each one of us, no matter who you are, right? All born into this world with gifts and talents, and he has a plan for those to help people and to help bring people back to him and back into, into heaven and to build his kingdom in the world, etc. So, And some are tapped to an ex- a more exclusive love and following of him as he lived. And he, la- he lived poor, chaste, and obedient. Now, it is a mystery and it is radical. And you can see why people might say, you know, that's like way over the top, right? And and then when you throw in there the scandals of a lot of weak human beings that are happen to be priests, um it is very sad because you know they're called to a to something great and when you let people down, you, you there's a scandal attached to that very clearly and that that's been a great burden for the church, it's been a, a great sorrow for so many of us. And we don't want to see that. However, I would say it doesn't disqualify the fact that many men and women, for centuries, I would even say thousands of years (plural), because the church is now over two thousand years old, has li- have lived this state in a very joy-filled and life-giving way. And I don't think um, we need to. We should allow certain bad examples disqualify the celibate calling or disqualify marriage, right? It's not like we have a lot of good examples of married couples nowadays, right? So, but do we throw marriage out the door because of people, of the scandal of divorce or whatever may come with marriage? Of course not, we don't. We know the goodness of it. So I I, I just want to say that, yes, with celibacy particularly, there is a lot of discernment that goes in. Sarah was just mentioning to me how... um, young men really need to ask themselves maybe even before the question of my call to the priesthood uh, the question this can it can i live this state of celibacy I, have i been given the gift to, to do that or possibly the gift to do that so all good questions in a world that's become more and more confused about these areas and and um but it it's true that uh the celibate state is a beautiful state it's a God-given state. We don't we don't choose it for ourselves. God calls us to it, and we need to follow a pathway of prayer, of course, and proper discernment um, before we we commit to that state. Right. Hence, the seminaries are multiple years, so you you test the call, so to speak, before you um, you commit for that lifelong um, you know journey with Christ. So, just some things to think about on the on the celibate side. Um, but I uh, I want to just turn, if I could, back to chastity. And underline the word virtue. Right, that chastity is a virtue. Now, when I say that, what does that mean to, to what does that mean to you, Joe? When I want to say it's a it's a virtue.
2: Usually, when I think about virtues, I think of it as the middle, very simply, the middle of two extremes,
0: hmm.
2: and that. Uh, in that there's a, a great good in, in that, mod, like, moderation in mm, a very human mm, sense.
0: Mm, right, right, right. What about you, Lisa? Um, sorry, Sarah. Um, what, do you, what do you think about when you hear chastity is a virtue?
1: Yeah, I think that's really great what Joseph because I have heard of, like, virtue lies in the middle. Um, but I would say, I guess it's just, for me, when I think of the virtues, I think they're, like, the tools that you need to, you know, be holy, like to get to heaven, and like, mm. you know, we want to be filled with each of these different virtues when we, when we get to heaven and be living them to the greatest capacity that we can. So, right, yeah,
0: right, yeah. The both excellent responses. The one thing that comes to me when I think about it is repetition. Mm. Like virtues are habits. Mm-hmm. Right? So when we talk about chastity, um, it takes time to forge good habits, good virtues, right? And, and so uh, what is important to remember about chastity, and some people kind of, well, maybe she's just weird or he's just a little bit different than everybody else. No, he's chosen this path. He has the same, like, Father Martin, what happened to you? You're, you're, you're celibate, so you don't like girls? No. I actually do like girls, and I'm attracted to the opposite sex, but I I don't foster that attraction when I know I can't act on it, mm-hmm. right? So it's the same as a married man, right, you know I mean, you're you're married exclusively to a woman, so what do you do with that natural inclination when it comes to you? It's not like you shut it down. How do you deal with that? Yeah. That is a question.
2: Oh, absolutely. okay. Well, <laughs> to a married man here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> okay, if we're if we're you know technically speaking, I'm consecrated to only one more one to one woman and so really <laughs> one less for me you're only you're only uh you're only um saying no to to one woman less than i am that's right mm. um but uh yeah i mean it's that's where um i think you have to look at at chastity as a virtue for your lifetime and mm. include in not just before you're married but during your marriage because yeah it's not like I had a buddy asked me that the other day. He's like, so like, now you're married, are there, are there like pretty women out there? Like, do you notice women anymore? It's like, oh, yeah, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still, a, you that know, a human. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's kind of as before, like if I wanted to, when I was looking for a wife, I had to know that looking for a wife had to come from a place of respect and admiration mm. for the opposite sex. And if I'm you know, if I'm constantly lusting over every woman that I see, then that's how I'm going to go about trying to meet women, and and there's you know there's a lot of consequences that come from that. So um, it's really um, you have to you have to look at your attractions as um, the way God made you, and understanding that that God made beautiful creatures, and um, you know I try to look at it as woman is. The crown of all creation, and and it's uh it's uh, something to thank God for, and to try to see the gift of of each person as having an incredible dignity. Um, it makes it it makes it a, a terrible thing to um, to lust after somebody else. Um, and then there's you know even just the simple admonition of of Christ in the gospel that when you look upon someone else with lust, you've already committed adultery in your heart Mm. those are really strong words that that really um are a good reminder for for anybody but you know for me being married now it's like yeah that's I have to take that seriously I I, I'm you know I took a vow to somebody else and that's something that that not only I need to treat with sacredness but that's something that God takes very seriously too right Right. um and so there's there's a lot that goes into that yeah
0: true Sarah what about you single woman
1: yeah how do I love chastity?
0: Well, the whole idea of it being attracted to another person, which is yeah. very natural and normal, uh, what do you do with that attraction in a healthy way so that it's, you know, that it, it finds its healthy place in your, in who you are, right, as a person, yeah. as a woman.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it really is just like noticing and like. Firstly, I think it's important just to notice that we are attracted to someone else um, because sometimes when sins against chastity happen i think we kind of just fall into it and we don't Mm. even really think or understand or like yeah recognize that that is even happening and we kind of just like let ourselves go with it um but yeah just recognizing okay i'm having this attraction to someone um and for me you know if it is towards another man um yeah just telling the lord thank you that, that that he created someone that is so, you know, attractive and um that's always just helped me i think to to look at him to look at that man as as not just like like an object like as someone to lust after um but as a creation of god like a good creation someone who has a soul just like me and, you know, just to be able to, yeah, just celebrate that, um, you know, yeah, I, I think that's, like, one of the best ways I go about it when I... Right.
0: When the I term that you're describing is a psych- psychology term called sublimate, mm-hmm. uh, or in Spanish, sublimar, which you, you take a healthy and normal attraction and you lift it up mm-hmm. to a, a more pure, good so, so it's, in other words, you, you forego acting on it mm-hmm. for a greater good in that particular moment, right? Mm-hmm. Be it a married man towards, towards his wife, or a single girl towards her boyfriend, right? Or a priest towards his secretary, or, or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. We all have to learn to uh, recognize the good, but then say, that's not for me right now. Mm-hmm. And forego it, or sublimate it.
2: I think what Sarah said was really important really just talking about tying it back to a habit like it really is a habitual disposition towards towards creation
0: mm, like um,
2: that. and and I think that um, that having the example of priests and religious nuns and consecrated people living in celibacy is if you stop to think about it it really is a reminder that we're all of us equally are pilgrims going through this earth amen and that there is a goal of heaven, and there is, um, we've all consecrated ourselves to somebody in one way or another. Right. Mm-hmm. And and that doesn't have to look so wildly different. That's right. So the, that disposition and that habitual um, place that you need to be in interiorly applies to all of us as Christians.
0: Amen. Let's just take the last minutes here and offer our takeaways, our personal takeaways that we've done in the past in the, on the podcast. So I'll go first, which I just reiterated a couple minutes ago. I just think uh, maybe I need to be a little bit more proactive in my own um, expression of joy and intentionality in living my priestly call and, and saying it. how How fulfilled I am, how grateful I am. Um, and what a beautiful and fulfilling, you know, um, state of life it is. So I'm going to commit to that. I'm going to be much more, uh, much more, you know, I'm going to remind myself often that that's important to say, because a lot of people, as, as we've been talking about, may not understand or may not, um, may have never heard that. So that's my commitment. Joe?
2: Well, I think the most important thing, like you said, is, um, I think just bearing witness to the life you've chosen, um. For me, I think the first thing that my mind goes to is is really just living my own marriage really well and letting um, my wife know how happy I am to be with her. Beautiful. So I think I I need to. I'd like to just go like right after this. I think I'm just gonna go home and tell my wife <laughs> I'm just glad that I gave my life to you and that you gave your life to me and I'm so happy we did that.
0: Aww. Woohoo!
1: It is. It
0: is. let's see if you can match it oh my gosh. Okay. Well. Ain't no pressure yeah right? i know
1: that's yeah that's a pretty pretty great goal um so i guess a challenge that i have for myself and for any of our listen listeners who are um maybe discerning a vocation because i i still am discerning my vocation personally um is just to go back and pray about yeah the gift of celibacy because mm. it is a gift from god um You know, and just you know reflect on that in my life um is this a gift that God has given me, and um you know why do I think that is? why do I think not? um have other people affirmed me in this um what attractions do I have, and why? and I think um a scripture that's just been popping up a lot in this conversation throughout my um my mind and heart has been i can't remember the exact um chapter, maybe you know, father. But is in one of St. Paul's letters when he talks about um, yeah, just how you know the the unmarried man and the unmarried woman um, you know are concerned for the things of God um, you know most exclusively, um, and the married man and the married woman are concerned for their spouses and rightly so because that's the vocation they've been called to so. Um, yeah, I'm just going to reflect on that and pray about that some more.
0: Good, good. Well, thank you for such an amazing conversation about celibacy and chastity. And we look forward to the to the next session. So thanks for listening and God bless and take care.
2: Thank you for listening to the Wired to Love podcast. We are diving into Father Martin Connor's book, Reclaiming Love, Connecting the Head and the Heart. Get your own copy on Amazon or any other major retailer.
1: Our happiness depends on our reclaiming love and our relationships with God, with ourselves, and with others. Please consider supporting the work of Wired to Love by going to patreon.com slash wired to love.
0: We'd love to hear from you. Send a voice note to Wired to Love by going to Anchor.fm. Slash wired to love. Just click on the message icon or email us at ReclaimingLovePodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you tell us your first name and location. You may hear your question or comment in the next episode of Wired to Love. Thank you. In episode eight of Wired to Love, we'll be talking about mature love. Please join us next time.